Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host. My co-host. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> it only took us 40 episodes, 41. Yeah. This is episode number 41. Yeah, rolling along. Yeah, and if you listen oh, no. to the first 40 episodes, you'll hear Catherine and I stumbling over who she is. And we finally get a name for her other than my best friend. She's the co-host. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh, greetings, co-host. And it's greetings. nice to be in the pod lab. <laughs> you might as well say nanu nanu. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. We're excited uh, today because this is our this is our second time or third time or something like that recording in the pod lab. Mm, the yes. new pod lab. Yeah, which second is, or third. It's awesome. I'm yeah. Really, I'm loving it. Yeah, I like it a lot, too. I know. What's going to happen if Caleb moves back in? Can't. <laughs> <laughs> Our, my my fifth son moved out. Fifth. Mm-hmm. Five. As in one, two, three, four, five. The mm-hmm. fifth one moved out about a month ago. He's doing well. He's got a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And he's going to school. Full-time. Well, or, he's he's doing school online, and so it's three classes, yeah, okay. so it's like 12 hours. I don't know what they consider full-time, but I kind of encouraged him to don't go crazy, like just adjust. Yeah. You got to train. He's doing training with mm. his job. But now we're in, this place used to be a, a pigsty, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> you would open the door and just a waft of maleness would come out yeah. and greet you, and you know, my hair would stand up, and I'd be like, oh, close the door, close the door. Which it was closed most of the time. Yes. But now it's been freshly painted. Thank you, Muffin. Yeah. My husband, he painted it. Ceiling first. He's always, he's oh, got to do it just a, right. That's Kenny too. It's a process. Mm-hmm. So he painted everything. So it's got a nice fresh paint. He's got brand new blinds up on the windows. Mm-hmm. And I got a, a vintage desk. In a the physician's cor- desk. Yes, it was owned by a doctor at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very smart person, I'm sure. And um, our friend. Because he rubs it. I like, do. Oh, I'm like, please kinda... rub off on me. <laughs> <laughs> our good friend, Lindy, and um, friend from our church and also at the gym, she gave it to me. So mm-hmm. that was lovely gift. And then we have the pod little corner here. Yeah. Our table and all of our equipment and our map of the world. So it's exciting. Map and picture of you and your mom. Yeah, we added graduation. that. It's very nice. Yeah. you. I know that our listeners can't see. That's why we're trying yeah. to give you a, a visual. Right. But we added this big picture of me and my mom from graduation day from Illinois State University. So anyway, well, let's jump in to the topic of the day, which is birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we um if you're brand new to us we are glad you're here and what we do is we take a topic every week we do our best to research the topic we do spend we quite, really do we do Catherine spends <laughs> a lot of time researching and sometimes like today i'm like i got nothing what's our outline what's it gonna be i mean well birth there's a lot to say about birth yeah well, right. And you went and down a lot of rabbit trails, you I, said. I did. I went into the whole thing of conception. And um, I I even um, was looking into Call the Midwife because I think that's what initially like, Got prompted going this episode. This. Yeah. So I was reading about that. Well, it's a big topic. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we do our best to bring a topic to the table that we think you'd be interested in. And th- today it's birth. Mm-hmm. And and we're not experts and you're, you'll be able to tell <laughs> right right away. 
<laughs> but we just, and then we try to deliver the information in an entertaining way. I think if we were experts, it'd be boring. Oh, Snoozeville, yeah. anyway. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just give it in layman's terms. Right. <laughs> it <Ow>. hurts. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking too, like, ouch. Yeah. Okay. And then after we give you the information of the topic of the day, we always end each podcast with a little bit of spiritual encouragement. So we do have some scripture to share and just a little bit of encouragement to, you know, look at Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's got it all. All right. All right. So a couple takeaways from our outline before Mm -hmm. we jump in. These are the three things that we're hoping to leave our audience with. Number one. How things have changed over the last 30 years in the area of birth. Thank God they have. Yes. So that's number one. Number two, our experiences. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, because that'd be all day, but well, yeah, just the highlights. And then number three, the miracle. What a, what a miracle mm-hmm. it is. So those are the three things. Changes over the last 30 years, our experiences, and the miracle of birth. And we do have a call to action uh, at the end of the, of the episode. So we're going to get to that. So stay tuned. Um, and this podcast is sponsored by Muffin, Muffin and, and Pooh, our husbands. Ron and Kenny. Yes, thank you for that to mm. them. So, And sponsorship opportunities will be coming available ASAP. Yeah. We, we get ready. <laughs> get ready because we're going to ask you for some money. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive into how things have changed over the last 30 years because that's a long time. True. Uh, I have one website that i found is on stacker.com and the uh the title of the article is 30 ways having a baby has changed over the last 50 years i i don't think that it's important to go over all 30 things right but there are some things that stand out to me one is that in vitro fertilization was not a thing back you know Mm -hmm. all those years ago now many couples can have babies way that's a miracle right there that is right thankfully we've advanced in technology so that you know couples that are really desiring to have their own baby yeah can do that absolutely i guess even if they're not a couple even if an individual wants to have a baby Mm -hmm. yeah because it does take two to make a baby right but in vitro well, you got to. Well, somebody's got to donate the stuff. They do, but they don't necessarily have to be a couple. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> some way, some way, somehow they got to the, get it. It could be the street sweeper. I don't know. <laughs> it's UPS man. Oh, okay. Uh, here's another one that I think is very, very important, and that is more women get epidurals. We're going to talk more about that Mm -hmm. in a minute. Um, Delivery time has increased. You would think that it would decrease. Yeah. Like like I would think that the length of time to have a baby, it would be better if it was less. Because, you know, ouch, ouch, ouch. It makes it less of that. Yeah. But it's actually because of the epidural, it slows things down. Mm -hmm. So that's why. Could also be that the doctors were lying to the women way back when, when they were in the twilight zone, <laughs> saying, yeah, it was over. You just took, like, right. you know, a couple hours. Right. You were good. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until, just h- hang in there yeah. with us to till you find out about the twilight sleep mm-hmm. myth. And, well, the audacity of it. Yes. It's very We're both just barbaric. accosted by that. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, another one is there are more births that happen via C-section now, mm-hmm. quite a bit more. 
but you know i think in some in some regards that's probably better because i i honestly don't think that um c-section would be the pref preference for right. doctor or mom i don't think mom would be like yeah yeah, yeah just do a c-section right for one thing it's um the natural things that occur for the baby as the baby is born that doesn't necessarily happen. They're in danger a little bit more in, in terms of respiratory um, situations. And then also the, the mother, the recovery is. Yeah. Really yeah. I feel bad road. for moms who, when they have their first baby, this happened to one of my cousins. She had her first baby and they were, you know, they didn't know if how it was going to be or whatever. Mm -hmm. You don't know exactly how big the baby's head is going to be. You don't know exactly how big the space is for mom. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that puzzle doesn't work out and baby's like stuck in there. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like you're going to have a cone head baby anyway. So I feel bad for moms who have to labor and then they end up with a C anyway. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. So hang in there, mamas. Uh, okay, new moms stay in the hospital for less time mm-hmm. than they used to. Thanks to insurance. Yeah. Pregnancy tests are now widely available, so you can find out that you're pregnant way sooner than maybe you would have before. Ovulation can be detected at home. Never used to be able to do that. Oh, interesting. A lot of women today are delaying motherhood. That's a change yeah. where, you know, back in the day. And I think probably because birth control methods are better and easier for mm. the you know for women um they can they can put it off yeah i'm thinking that's another reason why labor lasts longer they're older no <laughs> they're not <Yeah>. as fit it <laughs> could be that could be uh it says here that more moms are having children over 40 mm. so waiting <laughs> yeah right Catherine and i are in our 50s i'm 55 mm-hmm. and she's 53 I always forget how old you are. That's okay. All right. She's younger than me. People think I'm her mother, Mm -hmm. and she thinks that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whatever. Um, The infant mortality rates have gone down, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, that would be so sad to have your baby die just Mm -hmm. trying to be born. Mm -hmm. More moms are breastfeeding, which I actually, we talked about this before we came on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I thought that years ago it would be common to breastfeed i mean to me when i was pregnant with my first child in 1990 the reason i breastfed this is the truth and you know me well enough to know that this is the way i would do it it was easier (laughs) it was easier to get up in the middle of the night and Mm -hmm. just breastfeed Mm -hmm. rather than go to the kitchen get out the stuff and heat it up yeah not to mention cheaper. I saw a little thing of formula not long ago in the grocery store. I just happened to, I don't know, pass by. And mm. it was like $30 or something crazy for a can. Yeah. And oh I gosh. I get it that sometimes you can't. Oh, right. For, because you right. have whatever going on. Right. Um, but, you know, just a little side note about breastfeeding. If we do happen to have any moms that are, you know, going to have a baby mm-hmm. and they want to breastfeed, there's so much support for breastfeeding moms out there. Mm-hmm. And this was the case when I was breastfeeding too. The la leche, la leche, the They're kind of like a breastfeeding cult. Like they are really into it. And if you really want to breastfeed and you call those people, they're going to give you, they're going to give you all the options of how you can keep doing it. You know, they, they might have liked you to do it until your child goes to kindergarten. I don't know. But 
there's some challenges with breastfeeding. You would think, oh, it's easy because it just, you know, comes natural and you just do it. But you can have clogged ducts. You can have infection in the breast milk. I think delays after birth, too, are a, um, a problem. The reason I say that is after I had Emily, I um, I couldn't breastfeed her right away because she was on, uh, she was in the NIC unit. I right. couldn't even hold her. So, um, and she was in a little incubator thing. And so it, I think two weeks had gone by and I wasn't able to, hmm. um, get her going. Right. Right. So then your, so milk, very, your milk gets confused. It doesn't know what to yeah, do. Yeah. And I tried to pump in between to keep it going, but I was extremely stressed because it was like, a, it was a life and death situation for her. And, uh, anyway, so that was not easy. I wish I had one of those, um, the, nurses or team the members leche thing yes yeah to help you get through it because mm-hmm. they probably would have yeah yeah uh okay let's see disposable diapers have become mainstream so that's a change you know mm-hmm. it makes it, it really is making caring for an infant way easier in my view it's all about ease it is Somebody, when I uh, f- had the first baby, like I said, in 1990, someone gave me a diaper service for a month. Mm. Oh. Of the cloth diapers. In 1990? Yeah. Wow. I know. And I thought, oh, this is great. But <laughs> it wasn't great. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is, though, I think that more young people now are going back to the cloth diaper thing because they're all, you know, they're concerned Natural. about being green. Yeah. Could be. I, I All I remember is being exhausted in the middle of the night and my baby was screaming because he was sitting in a wet diaper. Mm-hmm. But when I put a Pampers on him, mm-hmm. he stayed asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was the end of that. Um, it says here that fertility drugs are leading to more multiple births. So we have more of that yeah, because right. of it. Yeah. Midwives are becoming more popular. Again. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, more dads are taking paternity leave, which I think is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, gene editing is almost here. I don't even know what that is. I was is. just going to say, what is that? gene editing? Okay. It, oh, you edit out the bad stuff? I don't know. Let me read this. It says C-R-I-S-P-R, looks like CRISPR, a molecular tool that scientists can use to cut sequences from DNA. American scientists have edited human embryos. That doesn't sound right. No. But the technology hasn't gone mainstream. A Chinese scientist faced ethical questions after he edited the genes of twin girls while they were embryos, which he said was to protect them from contracting HIV. I don't believe that no. for a minute. I don't know about the gene yeah, editing thing. It doesn't. Um, stay away from that, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> just tell them, stay away with your editing. Uh-uh. Leave it to the well, Lord. I was just going to say, yeah. Ugh. Um, fetal right. ultrasounds are the norm. I remember the ultrasounds being very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents can monitor their babies at home. No more twilight sleep. We're going to talk about oh, that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Eggs can be donated. So yeah. while you can have sperm donors, you can also have egg donors. Mm-hmm. So that leads to more, you know, stuff. Um, male infertility taken into account. So if you're, you mm-hmm. know, not able to have a baby, that's taken into account. Uh, sperm clinics are widespread. Yay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fathers can witness their baby's birth. You know. Yes, because they used to be sent out of the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
Ron was in the room with me when when we had all mm-hmm. five of the kids, but he never really wanted to be on that other side, like like on the looksy side. Oh, he did not we, want. To we be... didn't have this conversation till no. Just that, oh, okay. Kenny was like, <laughs> "Let me was, at it." He was in there <laughs> oh, yeah. like a catcher with his mitt. Like I would get it. No, Ron yeah. was more at my head. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And letting the doctor do his thing down there. Yeah. Um, but we also had very big babies, so mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, a little graphic. It probably looked like an alien was coming out. And I was, you know me, Catherine, I'm a little dramatic when it comes to pain. No. Oh, yeah. I Like, my pain tolerance is negative zero, yeah. negative one. Right. I don't have a pain tolerance. Yeah. I was screaming with the first one, and the nurse was like, we don't scream. And I'm like, I do. Oh, I love it. Yeah. We don't. We? we who's yeah. we? Are you having this too? <laughs> she said it. Oh. I remember it. Oh, my goodness. We that would have really ticked me off. Well, what am I going to do? I, I, well, thank God the baby was okay. Okay. And then um, finally, this is the final. I didn't read all 30 of them. I just kind of glossed over some of them. Mm-hmm. But the final one says, raising a child is more expensive. Well, duh. <laughs> No kidding. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you have over there? Because I know you have an article, too, about well, how things have changed. <laughs> it's mostly focusing on one particular era, which is um, mostly in the 40s. And this is from Timeline. Restraints, hallucinations, and forgotten pain were the norm on mid-century maternity wards. There, were, there was an expose about cruelty in the maternity wards. And so... And the cruelty was from this this medication, which they made a nice name for it, called Twilight. Twilight Sleep is yeah, what they called that's it. That's what it was. Which we and think, that sounds great. Yeah. Give me some of that Twilight that Sleep. That sounds like sign me up. It sounds soft yes. and gentle. And, yes. But, but these women would... Um, once they had the shot, they were they would thrash around. They, they hallucinated. And... They had no recollection whatsoever once they had the baby. So the nurse, and they were abandoned. Yeah. So and restrained. They had restraints on. So they were pretty much just left to have the baby. And then the doctor would come in with uh, forceps and just pull the baby out. But the poor woman, she would be thrashing around because of the, uh, because of hallucinating and then uh, that's why she was well okay so here she is in labor ready to give birth mm-hmm. and they give her this drug so she's strapped to the special table mm-hmm. and we read that the table actually was designed differently because typically the women would fall off the table <laughs> yeah because <laughs> they were Jeez. bouncing around so much yeah so they made it like a little canoe or something like that like a little bowl mm-hmm. anyway so she's giving birth and her body is like detached from her mind mm-hmm. so she's not able to breathe she's not able to focus she's not able to reposition so that it can be better for baby you know yeah um she can't push and bear down when she's supposed to there's no timing there there's no you know it's just her body doing what her body does to expel this baby yeah and the doctor going in there with forceps and yanking the kid out right so think about how many babies were damaged as a result mm-hmm. with the forcep injuries and not, such not to mention the drugs that yes. they were affected by these were heavy i didn't realize they were opioids 
Yeah, heavy heavy drugs. Yeah. And they would cross the barrier to the baby. And mm-hmm. then that's how they, we read this, that that's how they started lifting up the babies by the ankles and giving them a whack on their bottom because <laughs> babies were born all drugged up. Yeah. And you know, I remember. They needed a kickstart. I remember my grandma Rose who had her, she had my mom in 1941 mm-hmm. and then she had my uncle either the next year or the year after that. So early 40s. And I remember her saying back then they just would basically knock you out. Mm-hmm. And I was picturing as a child them hitting her on the head with a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, how cruel. They would just whack you in the head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right? Knock you- first world country. <laughs> whack. Well, Muhammad Ali was popular. And I yeah. imagined a knockout being a violent <laughs> punch to the head. Yeah. But she said they would just knock you out. And then, you know, a few hours later, you're holding your baby. Mm-hmm. Well, now I know that they really, what they did was strap her arms and legs yeah. and forced her body to violently Gosh. have this this thing. Yeah. We know that the baby by natural, by, you know, nature taking its course, the baby does its part by, right. you know, going through. It's a miracle, which we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But the baby gets in to position and does a lot of the work but the mama you know she's doing some of the work when she's conscious and awake yeah (laughs) and and this procedure this twilight sleep method Mm -hmm. of um, managing pain during childbirth was developed in like i think it was 1914 or 1915 Mm -hmm. somewhere in that space and it was in germany Right. So it was happening in Germany, and then American women got wind of it, mm-hmm. and they're like, we want some of that twilight sleep. Well, I probably would have been, I too. I would have, too. I would, especially if you'd had one baby, like, the old-fashioned way, and you're like, oh. Or just, yeah, seeing birth, experiencing, you know, by seeing somebody else give birth, or hearing stories. Yeah. I think anybody would have been twilight sleep yes right as well and especially because prior to 1914 most births were at home mm-hmm. so you know when you're a little kid and you hear the screams and you see the blood aren't you thinking uh mm, that's mm-hmm. not good <laughs> yeah okay so the american women protested we want some of that twilight sleep and only wealthy women at the beginning could go over to germany to get you know mm-hmm. their hands on the stuff or whatever and then pretty soon the demand was so great that American doctors were going over to Germany to become trained on that method and they brought it back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so then it was commonly used in the U.S. from mid-1900s or, you know, whatever, mid-1915 like or whatever, up all the way up through the 70s. Yeah, which is hard to believe. It is hard to believe. Yeah. But so my mom had always told me I was born in 69 and my Mm -hmm. mom had always told me that, you know, everybody was so cold, meaning uh, how they treated you. Yeah. And so she had said that they gave her state all and she didn't remember anything. And that after I was born, that they um, basically just left her naked, laying on the bed, just, you know. Barely came in to check on her, and that was her experience. You know, if there's anybody listening who had a baby in the 60s or the or the 70s, and you can tell us what your experience was like, please let us know, because I'm curious. I can't ask my mom, because she, she passed away a long time ago. Mm. Um, I guess I could ask my aunt, 
mm-hmm. who is my mom's sister-in-law. Like, what was it like for you? I'm going to ask her. I could ask my mother-in-law. Too. Yeah, let's find out and then let's follow up. We always say we're going to do oh, these yeah. follow-up <laughs> things and then we forget. But I'm curious. I'd like to know what was it like. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Anything else about Twilight Sleep? Because that was interesting. No, not really. All right. Well, let's transition into our own experiences. Mm-hmm. And since we just finished talking about Twilight Sleep, I will share that when I first had my first two babies, so I've had five of them, the first two I had no painkiller. Oh, it was terrible. I can't imagine you, of no. all people. No. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm like I am, Catherine. No. Okay. I was always <laughs> like this. Yeah. <laughs> I. It was 1990 when I had my first one. And at that time, our insurance did not cover epidurals. Epidurals were around, mm-hmm. but our insurance didn't cover it. So that meant mm. if you wanted it, you had to pay. Well, we didn't have the money because it was like $1,000 or something mm. crazy like that. Mm. And we were just trying to put two things, you know, rub two nickels together and whatever, be, be alive. Wow. So we didn't have the money. So I said, okay, I can do this. Women have been doing this forever. <laughs> I can do it. And I don't remember being scared or anything like that. Really? Well, I didn't know. Wow. I honestly didn't know. And they, I was reading the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Yeah. I was reading along. And um, I don't know if I was just lulled by the whole, like, experience of it, whatever. But that was when I started the screaming. And the nurse was like, we don't scream. And I'm like, oh, what do I do then? We do. And we had done the Lamaze class. Did Uh you guys do that? Yeah, we did. Lamaze, I don't even know if they still do it. Uh, I, yeah. So it's, a, so. It's, it's supposed to be all about focus and mm-hmm. you, you have a, an object that doesn't move on the wall and you focus on that and you control your breathing. Well, that all went out the window mm. pretty early on mm. in the labor situation. Mm. The other thing, here's a tip. If you're listening and you're expecting, or you're going to expect someday to be expecting, make sure that your husband does not eat a Euro before you go into birth. Oh my gosh. Yeah, mm, I've got something similar to yeah. that. Because that's what Ron did. He went oh and gosh. ate a big, giant, garlicky euro. And then he was trying to help me breathe. And he's blowing that euro smell into my <laughs> face. And I, I wanted to shoot him. I, I just wanted him to get away from me. Uh-huh. Um, and so then the second baby came the very next year. Like, I got pregnant. My... <laughs> My kids are 14 months apart, so mm-hmm. that was another thing. You can get pregnant when you're breastfeeding. breastfeeding. <laughs> 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 Note to self. Well, for that one, we still had the same insurance. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't care. You sell the car. You sell the right. other car. Sell everything you have. Get the money. Yeah. Because I am not going through that again. So Ron did the stuff, and he got the money, and he gave it to the doctor. That baby came too soon. <laughs> that baby came so soon, so fast oh, and furious. No. I got there and I, I was like, but you've got my money. <laughs> Give me the shot. So I had two with wow. no epidural. Yeah. The did, other three, I, I did have epidurals with all the other three because I refused to have them. I said, I'm not having this baby without an epidural. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you uh, have your water break? No, my water never broke. They they broke my water physically when okay. I was there. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And well, one of my pregnancies that was Adam, the fourth one, mm-hmm. he was induced mm-hmm. because the doctor scared the 
abuse out of me. The doctor told me you're going to have a 12 pound baby. And I had already had a <laughs> nine and a half pound baby. Oh my goodness. So my third baby was nine and a half pounds and we both saw Jesus. I thought I was going to die when yeah. he was born because his head was so ginormous. That was Joel. Yeah. So the fourth. And you had them all vaginally. Yes. Yeah. But I did have an epidural for Joel or I think I'd be dead. <laughs> um, but then when Adam came along, the doctor told me your baby is going to be 12 pounds. And probably right. will break his shoulders coming through. Do you know? Wow. I was like, oh, my gosh. So he said, we have to induce. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, sign me up. Yeah. I go to the place. We get induced. And it's eight hours of that that fake labor. Yeah. Whatever it is. The Pitocin. Pitocin. Yes. They give you the stuff. Too. And it hurts so bad. Oh. And after eight hours, the doctor says, well, you're not making any progress. We'll just shut it off. Mm-hmm. That's hap- that And happened. then you can go to sleep. And we'll start you up again in the morning. That's exactly what I was like. What? I said, I'm committed here. I don't know where you're going. Yeah. But break the water and let's get this baby out. I've been in this at this for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And actually the nurse, she said to me when the doctor left the room, she said, you know, your baby's fine and you're fine. You don't have to do this. Wow. You could just go home. It's up to you. Mm. And I said, that's such a good idea. I'm going home. <laughs> so I went home mm-hmm. and Three days later, came back, and it was easy-peasy birth. Mm-hmm. And that was Adam. Adam. He was like, I'm not ready. And how many pounds was he? He was nine pounds, three ounces. So, so way 12. less than 12. Jeez. I mean, still a big baby. Yeah, but that's three pounds less. And it, the birth was very, um, I wouldn't call it easy, but it was uneventful. Mm-hmm. And I got an epidural, and it was like three hours, and he was born, and everything was fine. He mm-hmm. was fine. I was fine. There was no need for what the doctor was saying hmm. yeah very good and then the fifth one was just who knows he probably just walked out yeah <laughs> <laughs> i coughed I went, <clears throat> and he came out <laughs> yeah you wish i do wish yeah what about you Catherine? well with my first one i was certain that i wanted an epidural yeah and i did get it but the problem was it had wore off i too had that same similar um experience i went into labor at work and they said, well, just go straight, or my doctor said, go straight to the hospital. So we did, and um, I had dilate, dilated, but then it just stopped. So at some point, I was given the epidural, but then um, it wore off, now, basically. why couldn't so, they just give you more juice? Why couldn't they just give you more epidural stuff? You know, stuff? I don't remember the reason, but it was, it, it would have been bad for my spine or something okay something like that anyway so I basically delivered without it and um, I remember oh I had back labor Mm. and I just wanted my back to be chopped off or something I had vomited and funny too that you mentioned the the euro thing my dad actually came my family it was in the room my dad can't my say mom. no Catherine I know <laughs> my dad came with um long john silver with fish oh boy and it was making me sick and I didn't have the heart to say leave you mm-hmm. know and Kenny was busy just you know by my side and Kenny he was he had um he was a pipe fitter at the time and he was working at one of the uh, refineries and there's a thing called coke dust, which is like this black soot that smells. He had it all over him. 
and uh, the oh, doctor nice. or somebody did tell him go change, and they gave yeah. him some a gown or something. Yeah, scrubs. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, so, so just a quick side note to any moms or future moms listening: you don't have to have the whole team at the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you can. Well, I think that they're doing more of that now anyway, like scheduling their birth plan like Mm. they have a plan like this is what we're going to do but just to empower women more so whatever you think that you what will really support you in your time of need Mm -hmm. feel free to express that in love you know you don't want to hurt people right yeah that definitely that would have been less (laughs) stressful but I I think I would have been stressed telling them to leave too well I I mean ahead of time I mean, if, yeah. so obviously we can't go back and change yeah. things, but if somebody's expecting and they really think that they'd rather have it just be just them and their husband, mm. they can just express to the family, we're going to celebrate with you once baby is here. So, you know, I mean, I know that people get, it's all over the spectrum of what people want. You know, mm-hmm. grandparents have this expectation and the kids have this expectation, but it really, when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. mom, you the star of the show. So what? what you want is really what you you can express that yeah in love in love in love (laughs) in love yeah (laughs) but I too I had the um uh not plus oh gosh what's it called to get it going oh you were uh, induced pitocin yes pitocin Mm -hmm. I almost said placenta that's not also known as (laughs) satan (laughs) yes that was awful yeah it hurts a lot oh my goodness yeah because they come fast and furious yeah exactly but anyway, with our second one, that went smoother. My water broke. Yay. So I knew, okay, yeah, we Here definitely we go. have to go. And it was funny because we were at Kenny's mom's house. And uh, <laughs> Kenny was eating and my water broke. And he's like, well, let me just finish eating. And then he showered. Mm. And then <laughs> then we left. But thankfully, that um, labor wasn't so bad. You know, with Patrick, the first one, it was just awful and long. And mm. I heard, I actually heard eight with Patrick, eight other babies being born in the rooms. Yeah. Oh, it was oh, torturous. Anyway, but Emily came out completely purple. And the looks on everyone's faces, because it was also a teaching hospital, so there were students, and that also was my experience with the first <laughs> one, too. They were everywhere. <laughs> Who else oh. wants to check oh, Mrs. My Shipman? Yeah, it was my, yeah, oh. Doesn't Any, it feel like when they're checking you? To me, it felt like they were getting their whole arm in there. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. They're not, but it feels that way. Yeah. Well, and in the end, I was like, go ahead, <laughs> get it out. <laughs> it was actually a relief yeah. later on. Yeah. Anyway, but with Emily, and I thought, why is everybody silent? What's wrong? Mm. And I looked at her. She was purple, not making any sound. So she had a, a heart defect, a birth defect. And it was, um, it took hours before they figured out what was wrong and before, well, before they said anything to me. But anyway, she was swept off to the NIC unit and she had a thing called um, transposition. So her aorta and pulmonary artery were crisscrossed, which is like so crazy because I couldn't understand, well, how is she uh, able to breathe and live in the womb and not now? And then, of course, they explained that whole miracle and uh, mm. they did things to uh, get her ready for a surgery, which was, you know, open heart surgery. Wow. A week scary. later. Very scary. I was scared to, I was scared to death. Yeah. 
I was scared to death. And you might want to mention how young your first child was. So you were, mm-hmm. your children were also back to back. Back to back. Yeah, they how were many months? 15 months apart. So here's Catherine yeah. and Kenny, new parents to Patrick. Mm-hmm. And here's Emily right right there on right the heels behind. of that. Yeah. They're in the middle of building a home. So they've yeah. got the stress of that. Mm-hmm. And now they have layered on top of that, the additional pressure of now their newborn baby is going to have open heart surgery. Yeah. And at the time we were living in my parents' basement so there were many layers <laughs> yeah many layers yeah oh, lord right and i i hadn't seen patrick for two weeks other than when my sister and my family would bring him up to to see me but yeah. it wasn't the same you know he was yeah. still a baby so but the good news the good news is her heart was corrected mm-hmm. and it was uh it, i always say that her second birthday was um the week later. Yeah. Yeah. Because the procedure that she had was quite new. and It was. But it was a life-saving procedure where other babies born with that condition maybe didn't make it. Yeah. The doctor that did the operation on her, he pioneered the surgery. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> she had just missed the cutoff for the studies that they were doing to see how, you know. To follow them. Yeah. Through adulthood. Yeah. Hold on. That's okay. So praise the Lord. And then yes. you had Ellis. Then Ellis. Here comes and Ellis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I don't really remember that. Right. Poor I mean, Ellis. it was painful, but <laughs> nobody pays attention to me. I don't. I don't. I just, yeah, I don't really. I can remember what was on TV when Emily was being Isn't born. Isn't funny? Yeah. And with Ellis, I just don't. Mm. But here's the thing that's really funny, though. So when my family brought Patrick and Emily up to see their new baby sister, yeah, El- Emily was, she's like, oh, she's all excited. She comes bouncing <laughs> wait, in. Wait, wait, wait. How, much, how old was Emily at Emily the time? was two? three. Three. Okay. So three and four are your two kids. Mm-hmm. They're going to see newborn baby sister. Yes. Okay. And so <laughs> Emily comes through the door and she looks excited to see the baby. She crawls up on me, you know, on the bed. And then she looks down because I'm holding Ellis in my arms and she looks down at her and she's like, yeah, <laughs> she looked horrified. Really? Like, obviously, she hadn't been prepped of what a newborn baby actually looks like sometimes. <laughs> Lizard like all very, very pink, and yeah, red and, and scrunched up and yeah. uh, all of that. So it took her by surprise. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I think about it now or even after that. And I was like, yeah, you know, she reads a lot of book. Well, looked at a lot of picture books and babies are just adorable. Adorable. (laughs) Hey, you know what? That's how we all feel, to be honest. I mean, those babies are born and we're like, ooh, it's cute. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's the funniest thing, though. That is funny. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any anything else that you wanted to share about your experience? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm done sharing, too. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> it's Spare over. Spare the people. It's over. All right. Well, finally, we just wanted to talk briefly about the miracle of birth. Oh, yeah. It is a miracle. It is everything from conception, which that's too complicated to go right. into. We, that could be a whole other topic, but it really is. It is. Oh, my goodness. To uh, the process of the growing embryo, to coming out of the canal, to the natural course of things where the baby actually 
is doing the work, getting yeah. prepared. The baby knows instinctively, you know, to get down in that birth canal. And, and we know that sometimes babies are breech or, right. you know, but, you know, that, I had done some, a little bit of research on um, YouTube. I like to listen to uh, documentaries and things like that when I'm researching for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I found this one where they followed like odd births, like weird kind of Uh-oh. different. Oh, yeah. I just got to tell you. This is what I wanted to tell you the other day, uh-huh. but I couldn't because I wanted to sh- wait until we were on here. Mm-hmm. So you can go to Hawaii now. Like if you if you got pregnant now, yeah. first you'd have to spend two yeah. weeks like at the psychiatrist's office. <laughs> How did that happen? Right. <laughs> but anybody right now can go to Hawaii and have a dolphin birth. A what? Dolphin. As in he flipper flipper the dolphin. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's this woman in Hawaii, Kate, I think is her name. And she's got Kate's dolphin births. And she believes that if pregnant mom is in the water with dolphins and swimming with dolphins and stuff before the birth, Mm -hmm. that the dolphins can actually be a doula for her and help her give birth. Oh. Yeah. And she charges money for you to come and do this natural thing. People will they're crazy anything okay and so then this woman claims that when the baby is born with this dolphin doula and the baby knows how to speak dolphin because dolphins speak what (laughs) (laughs) yes so when the baby starts to coo and everything it's like oh like flipper goodness crazy because everybody wants their baby to talk whale or <laughs> dolphin or whatever. Not whale, oh, dolphin. Well, get it straight. A porpoise fish. <coughs> oh, it's hilarious. Okay, then. Okay, so that's one woman. Then there was a totally different woman who wanted to do this all natural thing. Mm. And part of the process was that you don't actually uh, uh, cut the cord when the baby's born. Mm. So you know how you have a baby, yeah, and then there's a cord, mm-hmm. and it's attached to the be- belly that makes Which the belly button. No longer, everybody has one. Serves a purpose once the baby well, takes its first breath. These people believe that you're supposed to naturally let it fall off, and that you should never cut it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're walking around you, with a hose between you and the baby, literally. Yes, and then so you're caring for your infant baby. And you're caring for the placenta attached to the baby with this long cord. Oh, now, mm-hmm. well, I'm confused because I thought if that placenta, oh, you're carrying the placenta. You carry it around with you and then they give you season, okay. seasoning. You put like salt on it and stuff because it's going to start to stink. It's rotting flesh. Yeah. The baby is alive. Yeah. The placenta is supposed to go nine-night. What's the purpose now? Oh, like, some nat. It's just to be in tune with nature. And okay, so this couple that did it, uh-huh. they did this thing. Mm-hmm. The guy said, "I'm drawing the line where it comes to eating the placenta." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good that you drew the you, line you, there because you'd probably for sure vomit if you ate that thing." Uh, well, not to mention get really sick. That's what the vomiting is about. That's the body saying no. Well, yes, part of it. Yeah. So I'm just saying that there's some wackadoos wackadoos <laughs> we're sorry if you if you're do this we we just we just don't know we just okay. don't know <laughs> you're crazy just flat out crazy wow yeah who knew 
Like people are nuts. I do think that mankind is always looking for something new and improved in their in their mind they or different i guess you know i guess yeah because the guy who was so like part of his job mom is trying to take care of herself and the baby but she's still got this thing (laughs) attached to her right Mm -hmm. so the guy is saying all this stuff about yeah this is the best way to go and you know it's it's all natural and and it, it he says childbirth doesn't have to hurt oh my he the guy said the guy that? said that oh yeah i'm surprised that he's still like first of vertical. all it's not natural it's natural for it to be discarded after you have the baby and it's natural for the umbilical cord to be cut that's natural yeah i think that baby when it's 20 is going to have detachment issues <laughs> Or whatever that thing is called. I wonder then how long uh, they recommend breastfeeding till they're. I did. That was the end of the going off to college. That was the end of the documentary. There. Okay, wait one more, and then I'm done. So there was a third per like they followed these three couples, mm-hmm. right? So the third couple, if that's not crazy enough, oh no, the third couple was all into this like sp- it was like a super spiritual experience, mm. and it was almost like they had a like a like psych. Like a, what do they call him? Psychic? Yeah, like a psychic, right? Uh, uh, uh. So this woman is their doula, mm-hmm. and she's got all these weird ways of figuring stuff out. And and so there are no scans involved. There's no ultrasound involved. Mm-hmm. There's no um, uh, vitamins for, you know, nutrition. None mm-hmm. of that. There's no doctors. Okay. And they're going to do everything all natural, right? Oh. And so they have this way of taking a crystal and dangling it over the baby. Oh, no. To tell you how many babies you have in there. So she did it, and the crystal said, "You have two babies." Okay, <laughs> so they're getting ready. They're getting ready for twins. There weren't two babies. There was one baby, one oh, baby. No. So that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And then when mom went into labor, she was having a hard time, and they had to call the medical people in. Uh, I'm sure. So so, so yeah. the lady with the crystals was no good to them at that point. Right. Just so you folks know, a doula is helpful for just accompanying you through the pregnancy and then at delivery but they're they're not qualified like a midwife or a doctor yeah and i suppose that obviously everybody can make their own um decision and judgment on what's best for them because you know we have to we have to be all inclusive on everybody's thoughts and ideas (laughs) but you also have to take a look at common sense yeah and the information that we have in front of us like you have a hospital like you know across from every mcdonald's is a hospital (laughs) if you close your eyes and go into a hospital and close your eyes and go into an er you're basically hearing the same sounds you know (laughs) beep 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 right yeah right so so anyway um blessings to everybody out there on your journey if it's with the dolphins or with the crystals or you know whatever you gotta do but Mm -hmm. you could also just call 911 (laughs) see what happens (laughs) oh my goodness or just prepare yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well the miracle of life there is a a youtube video that you could watch it is miraculous and uh it's called miracle of life and i think it's put out by nova i'm not sure but nova also has one that's dated 1983 that you cannot view uh they also have one life's greatest miracle uh by Nova and that's an hour long that is I didn't see the whole thing 
But what I did see is just absolutely incredible that the ca- so the camera is on the inside of the womb and even during conception I do not know how they did that <laughs> I know but I can't get off of up trying to figure that out I yeah I didn't want to go down another rabbit trail to right. to google that but the miracle of life on the YouTube uh, September 22nd, 2014 is the one. Oh my goodness. It is incredible. <laughs> did you hear what you just said? No, what did I say? You called it the YouTube. Oh, did I say <laughs> the YouTube like an old person? <laughs> I say that too. Oh no. <laughs> it's on the YouTube. It's like the jewel. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh. We're going to put the link yeah. to the YouTube. The link, yes. <laughs> We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Lord help oh us. Oh my gosh. All right. Should 80. we share some encouragement? Let's do that. <laughs> Psalm 139. This is a familiar passage mm. to many of us, and it's so comforting. It says this It's Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And that's truth. That is. That is is miraculous it is so if you're listening to us on this podcast right now that's you your life is precious very much you are loved and known by god Mm -hmm. so here's our call to action stop for a minute and think about what a miracle your own life is and offer up a prayer of gratitude to almighty god because all of this all of all of what we've just talked about that was you mm-hmm. at one point. <laughs> Every single one of us came into the world in the same way. Yeah. And so thank God. Thank him for your life. Mm-hmm. Thank him for your mother and your father. Thank him for the fact that you opened your eyes this morning and that you can take a breath. Just offer that prayer of gratitude to Almighty God. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good job, Kat. Yeah. Fun episode, right? Yeah. I told you we were experts (laughs) at birth. Oh, this is one of our longer episodes. Funny, too. How long is it? Well, so far, it's 50 minutes. Oh, we better hurry and get done. Yeah. Yeah, because we were worried we wouldn't have enough to say. But I told Catherine, I said, just think about it. We've been we've been pregnant many times. We've got something to add to this conversation. Well, that's just it, though. It was like, okay, which avenue do we want to go down here yeah well we hope this was helpful information entertaining inspirational please share it with somebody that you know i bet you everybody listening knows someone who's pregnant right now right or more than one was born well yeah (laughs) two uh next week we're gonna do our uh episode on breast Breast cancer awareness not best cancer i said breast oh i missed the r (laughs) (laughs) it's breast cancer awareness ah 
gosh, I feel giddy for some reason. I do too. I think prior to this, I was kind of like, I don't want to exercise. I don't want (laughs) to do anything. And then we made some coffee. So that helped. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.